Welcome to the Buckhead Church Podcast. At Buckhead Church, we are for Atlanta because we believe that God is for Atlanta. And these days, it's more important than ever to be known by what we're for. And we hope this podcast helps you in your life and faith. We want to help you find greater hope with fewer regrets because we are for you. If it's your first time with us, head over to buckheadchurch.org slash new so we can meet you and send you a free For Atlanta gift on us. If you're not already receiving weekly emails from us, make sure to head to our website, scroll to the bottom, click stay informed and sign up today. The best way to keep up with everything going on is to follow us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Buckhead Church app. But most importantly, I hope the following episode inspires you to take the next step forward in your faith journey this week. Enjoy. Well, I hope it's not lost on you with the thousands of meals that are served or the thousands of children that are cared for or the thousands of young girls who've been uh, rescued from modern day slavery uh, that you played a part in that, that you participated in that. Uh, With the numbers being, yeah, that's, that's... that's worth celebrating for sure. And I, full disclosure, uh, I got the video on Friday. Somebody sent me the video. And they said, hey, you should probably watch this before uh, you, you get up to, to talk on Sunday. And they sent it to me. I was like, I have to talk after that? Like, that is almost unfair. It's so emotional. It's so powerful. It's so humbling uh, what we get to be a part of, but yet it's so important. And this is going to seem crazy to say, but it's even better than that. That's a slice of, of all of the organizations we get to partner with and the important work that's happening around the world uh, with so many great organizations, but it's even better than that. And as we're wrapping up our, our Be Rich uh, campaign and, and initiative in this season this year, I wanted to take just a couple of minutes and I wanted to connect the dots. For those of you who are going, hey, how, what is my part really? And how does this fit? I want to make sure we all understand exactly why we continue to do this year after year. And as if, you know, the impact that it's having isn't enough, there's even a reason beyond that. And I want everybody to understand how this fits into our overall strategy as a church, not just for the five weeks we focus on it uh, during uh, the the fall of of the time of year, but how this impacts and connects with what we do all year, all year round. Um, if you've been around for a while, some of this will be a little bit review, but I want to give you some new language today and some new terminology to connect with why we're doing what we're doing. And if you're new, um, I'm going to pull back the curtain today, and I hope you appreciate this. Uh, some of you think we have an agenda, um, and I'm going to both confirm that we actually do have an agenda. I sus- you, you, you suspect we have one, so I'm going to confirm that suspicion, uh, and I want to be upfront about exactly what we're trying to do because I want us all to understand that there's two things for me that I really value. I value these as an individual personally, but I also value them as a leader organizationally. Uh, two things I value are clarity and simplicity. Anybody with me on that? Like, especially when you're getting directions from somebody. Yeah, like some of you wanted to clap for that. I, I, I value this. When somebody gives me directions, like I don't need all the details. I don't need like what color the house is, where I turn. Like I don't need that. Just give me clearly like how was it left, right, left, left, like what and how far do I go? Just give me clear directions and simple directions. This is why I don't like to put together Ikea furniture. Anybody with me on that? Like it's not clear. It's not simple. I mean, no harm to Ikea, but I just, and maybe it's my problem. I can't follow their directions. I I don't know, but it is one of the things I love about this church. And I love about the organization, the broader organization uh, that supports it. There is a, our mission and our strategy is clear And it's simple. If you've never heard this before, our mission specifically is our mission is to inspire people to follow Jesus. 
We want to inspire people to follow Jesus because we think the way of Jesus and in following Jesus, it leads to the best kind of life. It leads to the kind of life that we all desire. It leads to not only hope, the hope that we saw in some of those videos, hope in this life, but hope in the life to come, hope beyond this life. If you're wondering what our agenda is, we really want to, we want to paint a picture of Jesus. We want to help people see Jesus for who he really is in such a way that people go from being unbelievers to being believers. People go from not following to following. People who used to follow or ex-followers, re-follower, however, however that works. Um, we want people to follow Jesus because we think it's the best thing for them to do and it leads them to the best places in life. And we do this by engaging people uh, in the life and, mi- and mission of the church. And, and specifically today, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about what, it, what does it look like for people to engage in the church and how does this make a difference? Because what we really want to do, and this is what happened for many of you, is you were an outsider at some point. You were outside the church and then you became an insider. You got connected here. You were disengaged and you engaged. Some of you were just participants for a while and you became partners. You joined in and you gave or you served or you invited, you partnered with us in that. You were once a spectator and you became a team member. I want to answer the question, not only why, but how did that happen? happen? And why do we do the things we do in the ways in which we do them? And the big reason is because this is what Jesus commanded us to do. He commanded us to, to, to invite other people to follow. He said, make disciples and to teach people his way, how to follow his way. In Matthew 28, he sort of lays that out like, this is the mission. This is how we say it. But your mission is to make disciples and teach people to be followers of me. And to the best of our ability, interesting as you're going to see in a minute, we try to do it in the best way we can in the way in which Jesus modeled for us to do this. Now, you may maybe have never thought about this before or, or heard about this in quite this way, but at the very beginning of the Gospels, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four accounts we have of Jesus's life. And if you're new to the Bible, we have four accounts of his life that are remarkably similar, but given to us in different levels of detail. And in the, the first of those four accounts, Matthew, um, Matthew tells us at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, he tells us how it starts. And, and, and when he tells us how it starts, he, he said that Jesus approached four fishermen, Peter and Andrew, who were brothers, and James and John, two sets of brothers who were fishermen, and invited them to leave their families and leave their businesses and follow him. And they dropped it all and followed him. To which I go, seriously? Like, what, what were they doing? Like, either these guys weren't the brightest of guys, or there was something else going on there. And fortunately for us, Luke fills in the gaps. Luke's somebody who said he thoroughly investigated and he gives us some more detail. So I want to I read to you just for a second what actually happened there. And I want you to see the similarity between what Jesus did in the beginning and what we continue to do, because we didn't, we didn't invent this. The way in which this thing has grown is in the same way in which Jesus, the, the movement of Jesus began in the first century. Now, context for this, if you're looking for Luke uh, chapter four is where we're gonna start. It's at the very end of the chapter. I'm gonna read some verses at the end of chapter four and the beginning of chapter five. Uh, as you're turning there or looking it up on your, your device, and I, I say this most weeks, but if you don't have a Bible, I wanna give you one, or we wanna give you one. You can go to the guest services uh, table out out in the lobby. We would love to give you a Bible. But Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. This is sort of the context of of chapter four. He's teaching in the synagogue and and then he sees somebody. There's not yet crowds of people following, but he sees somebody who's in need. There's a guy specifically who is sick and Jesus heals him. He sees a need and he meets the need. It's that simple. Sees the need and he meets the need. 
And news begins to spread about Jesus. And a guy named Simon, Simon Peter, who we know as Peter, Simon Peter, he hears about it and he comes to see it for himself. And once he sees what's going on, he invites Jesus to his home. So he invites Jesus to come to his house. And this is where we pick it up uh, in Luke chapter uh, four, at the end of the, end of the, the chapter. Um, this, is, this is how it goes. Jesus left the synagogue and he went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. Apparently, Simon had a better relationship with his mother-in-law than most of us have with our mother-in-laws. Um, or maybe he just really loved his wife. But he, he asked Jesus to come to help his mother-in-law. So he bent over uh, her and he rebuked the fever, Jesus did. And the fever left her. And she got up at once and uh, she went to wait on them, which was customary uh, in their culture. At sunset, so just same day, at sunset, people heard about this and the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Now one day, and this is when we turn the chapter to chapter five, and oftentimes we think, oh, this is a whole new deal, but we put all those verses and chapters in there later, and I think this is one of those where we missed it. Like, this says one day, but, but they're in the same area. So presumably just a few days later, or not too long later, because everybody knew what was going on with Jesus. One day, uh, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and they were listening. They were listening because Jesus had gained influence because of the, the miracles and the impact. Now he's begun to gather crowds. They were listening to the word of God, him talk about who God was and how he wanted to relate to them. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he knew one of the boats belonged to Peter. And he thought, well, I healed Peter's mother-in-law. I should be able to at least borrow his boat for a second if I need to. He probably won't have a problem with that. And so he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon or Simon Peter. And he asked him to pull out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And now Simon's about to answer Jesus. And the backstory to this is the reason they're washing their nets is because they're done fishing. They fished at night because during the day it was hot and the top warm top water forced the fish too low for them to catch the fish with their nets. And so they fished at night when the water up top was cooler, the fish would come to the top. They're able to catch the fish, but they've been fishing all night. And now they're washing their nets on the side. They're like, they're done fishing. They're not fishing anymore. And so Simon says to Jesus, he says, master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Code for, we were fishing when you're supposed to fish. And if you think we're gonna catch fish now when you're not supposed to fish, like we're probably not gonna catch fish. So I'm just giving you a heads up. But he says, but because you say so, because of what I've seen you do in other people's lives and because of what I've seen you do around me, because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats full, so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man, which is a curious thing to say. And it's because people in that culture thought that God tried to distance himself or God would want to distance himself from sinners. 
And this is the opposite of what Jesus came to prove. What Jesus came to point out is that God, through him sending a savior, wanted to move closer to people who were sinners, people who didn't have it all together, people you know, who were trying to figure it out, people who, who sometimes just couldn't resist the temptations of life. And he was trying to prove something different about God. And Peter, dealing with a cultural concept of God, much like the, cult, the cultural concept we have, Many of you or us and people we know think, you know, God, you know, if I come to that place, like you don't understand me and God are on the same terms and, you know, lightning might strike if I step into the church building or whatever it may be, you know, God doesn't want to be near to me. And, and Jesus right up front's going, no, no, that's, that's not the case. I've come to prove something different. And the reason Peter felt this way is because he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish uh, they, they had taken in. And so were James and John. This is amazing. James and John, the sons of Zebedee. These are the ones that Matthew referred to. So Peter, Andrew, James, and John, the four sons of Zebedee, who were Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And I'm not sure Peter knew exactly what that meant, but Jesus was inviting him to come with him and be a part of what he was doing. So, so they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and they followed Jesus. Now, that makes way more sense, does it not, when you get the backstory? If you had seen, if I had seen what Peter and Andrew and James and John had seen, and that person invited us to be a part of what he was doing, to, to join into what he was a part of, that's what we would have done. And, and this is actually the pattern of, of Jesus's ministry. People heard about things that he was doing. Jesus saw a need and he met it. It was that simple. He saw a need and he met it. And when he saw the need and he met it, people heard about it because people talked about it because nobody did that. Everybody was sort of out for themselves and trying to survive themselves. And Jesus shows up and he sees people's needs and he just jumps in and he meets people's needs. People heard about that. And once they heard about it, they showed up to see it for themselves, to hear about it for themselves. And then after seeing it and hearing about it and understanding the authenticity, then those people decided to join in. They decided to join in and be a part of something that Jesus was doing. They heard about Jesus from someone else. And that's how the crowds grew. That's how, that's how people, this movement grew. People came because they heard about what Jesus was up to. And they showed up. And sometimes they showed up invited. Sometimes they showed up uninvited. In fact, some of you know the story. At one point, there was, there was a guy who was actually lowered through the roof. He wasn't actually invited, but his friends knew he was in need. And so they lowered him through the roof uh, so that Jesus could help him. And then as people saw Jesus continue to show up for people and as they showed up and Jesus continued to help people and meet their needs, um, they decided to join in like Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Jesus gained followers and they started to follow. Now, this is important. Jesus met people's felt physical needs in order to gain influence, influence necessary to meet their unfelt spiritual needs. He met a temporal, physical need that was right in front of them that was in this life to meet an unfelt spiritual need, a greater condition of something that was going on inside of them, not outside of them, but inside of them to impact their life, not only in this life, but beyond this life. And this is interestingly the same pattern that, that happened for a lot of us. Many of us showed up at church for the first time or came back to church for the first time because we were in need. Um, and, and, and because of what we had heard about God doing in somebody else's life or the impact it had in their life, the, the peace they gained or, or the, the help or the community or the resources or the purpose they had gained in their life, we were wanting the same thing. So we showed up to, to try to figure out like, hey, is this something that could help me too? People showed up and then you saw it and it worked for you 
or impacted you and you decide you wanna be a part. You decided to jump in. Now, this isn't something we invented. This is something we organized around. This is something that's a natural process in life that we organized around and we've put language to it behind the scenes. I don't think we've ever shared this with you before, but behind the scenes, this is how we talk about this. As we talk about the three things that we do as a church, we try to endear people to the local church because we believe the local church where people are gonna find out about Jesus, they can find out about Jesus a lot of other ways. But remember, the local church is just gathering. It's not this building, but we try to endear people to the church. And just another, another second on that, one of the other reasons is because so many people have been turned off by church. There's so many things that have been done in the name of church or in the name of God that have, that have, uh, have sort of turned people off or uh, run people off or hurt them. And we feel like, gosh, we, we've, got to, we've got some work to do, not just from things that happened at this church, but things that have happened um, by Christians in the name of God or in the name of the church. And, and so we do all sorts of things to try to endear people um, to the church so that we can ultimately introduce them to Jesus. And be rich is one of those things. It's one of those things that the, the, the reason, one of the reasons it's so amazing is because nobody can argue with it. It's like when you tell your friends, and if a lot of you, I hope you'll go home today and you'll say, you're not gonna believe what, what I went to today or you're not gonna believe what I was a part of or this week you're gonna be in a conversation and be like, you, have, you, you, you gotta listen to this or you gotta watch this or you gotta check out this video because this is having such an impact and nobody's gonna watch a video like we just watched a minute ago and go, that's not important. We all go, this is really important. And, and it creates goodwill for us with people. It gives us the influence we need in the same way Jesus gained influence to speak to greater unfelt needs. It, this happens also all year long as you choose to be a good neighbor and I choose to be a good neighbor. And some of you have taken seriously, Andy's challenge to do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And so as you do for one, you, you endear people. You, you create goodwill towards the church and goodwill towards God as you explain to them why you're doing what you do. And this happens uh, not just in those sort of things, but in, in uh, all sorts of events and environments that we create for, for kids and students like Double Dog Darathon. In just a few weeks, we're having the mega awesome costume party where some of you are like, what is that all about? It's like, it's, it's about endearing families and going, hey, we wanna love on your kids. We want them to have an amazing time and we wanna help connect them to an environment that we think is positive for them and help them grow. And we do this through Christmas and other events. And then once people show up, we want to inspire them through the, the environments that they, they show up at, through the, an environment like this, a worship service, or our children's environments, or kids' stuff, or, or starting point, or meeting a need through two-to-one, or in, in terms of marriage counseling, things like that, or a business breakfast to help them be better in what they do in terms of leadership throughout the week. And then we try to equip the core. As people inspire and they engage in what we're doing, we want to equip the core. So we, the, the way we engage people is through endearing, inspiring, and equipping them. And, and we equip them through our groups and through studies and through trainings for volunteers, opportunities to serve uh, not only inside our church, but outside of our church and inviting people uh, who are outside the church, in the church. And this is, this is not something that's new. Again, it's something we've organized around. And uh, if you've been around for a while, you, you sort of know a little bit about this. Maybe you wouldn't have had these words before, but you've engaged in this way. And if you're brand new, this is what we're up to. We just want you to know. There's no pressure. There's no, there's no uh, uh, hard sell. But like Jesus, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to engage in what we're up to, to join in in what we're doing. Our, our mission is simple. Our mission is to inspire people to follow Jesus. And we do that by engaging people in the life and the mission of the church. We endear our community around us. 
we inspire uh, the people who, who show up at our gatherings and we try to, try to equip people to be followers of Jesus, to lead other people to be followers of Jesus. And we'll just, I'll just say this, we'll never be able to meet, you know, as we talk about Be Rich and, and all the amazing things that are happening, even with all of our partners, we'll never be able to meet all of the needs in the world to endear every single person. But here's the thing, that's not our goal. It's actually not even our mission is to meet all the needs of all the people. We can't do that. The truth is, is God can do that through his church. And we're just one gathering, one church among many churches. And our hope is to inspire other churches to do similar things in the name of endearing people and inspiring people and equipping people to follow Jesus, who is the only one capable of meeting all of our greatest needs. He's the only one capable of creating hope for us in this life and beyond this life. And it begins as we do what Jesus did. It's what Jesus did from the very beginning. He, he showed up and when he saw a need, he met it. And so that's what we try to do. What's why we treat, what we try to do through Be Rich and all year long is we, when we see needs, we try to meet them. And we do it because of the way God loved us. And when we look at the way God loved us and we choose to give and to serve and to love those around us in the same way that he loved us, what happens is God shows up in a big, big, big way through his church and through his people to lead people, to endear people, to inspire people and to equip people to follow him. And it impacts people. The impact, people, the impact we're able to have on people collectively is so much greater than the impact any of us could have individually. And so that's why once a year, we practice this all together. We join all together. And what happens beyond us is so extraordinary for people that we'll never meet, people in parts of the world uh, we'll never get to connect with or maybe never get to visit. We get to have an impact and lead them to take a step towards following Jesus who provides extraordinary hope for them. And this year, uh, through Be Rich, through your generosity, was no exception to that. And I want us to celebrate like crazy what God has done through us. So take a look. Once again, thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more messages like this, we've made it super easy. First, you can hit the subscribe button to get these messages on your device every week. Second, you can download our app from iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your apps. Or third, you can check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Buckhead Church and make sure to subscribe. Have a great day.